0: This is Peter,
1: and this is Tom,
0: and you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Sureska, and welcome back to the podcast. All right, Tom, you were just singing the hamilton i so. wasn't
1: singing i don't totally no, no, no. i wasn't singing i don't sing. Singing. i was i don't sing what i was doing was i was simply what i do is in my class too whenever someone mentions this person's name i don't sing it i just say it in a certain way that might sound like how it sounded in a certain tom musical tom, production you, you, you were just singing it. i was not singing that is a total anyway. lie all right. <laughs> all right. This, this week we're doing Pinocchio as Peter's nose grows because yeah, he's talking Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice try. He uh, I'm to me,
0: what, what are we doing today? What are we doing today?
1: Today we are going to be looking at the um, the duel between Burr and Alexander Hamilton. That's all that I said. That's all yeah, that I did. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was no, the exact okay. thing that I did right there. Cool. Cool. Alexander um, Hamilton. I'm not, I'm not about being cool. This is not having <laughs> musical talent. There's a difference.
0: Um, Anyway, yeah, so we were talking about the duel. I, uh, you know, for those of you guys that are listening, I did just record a, a, our first lecture series episode about, um, I guess it was somewhat about Alexander Hamilton and um, Aaron Burr in their earlier days when they actually teamed up as lawyers. It was a quick episode, and we are actually going to try to get you guys some more of those like little, you know, short lectures. Yeah, 12, know, 15 minutes. minute tidbits, yeah, I quick, guess, right? Yep. And they'll be done by either myself or by Tom. And we'll kind of use them as supplement, supplementary material. However, this is still a History Teachers Talking podcast, which is why we are back. And we're talking about the duel. I think I'm just going to title this the duel because I feel like, right? I mean, if I say the duel in American history. Well, I thinking nowadays,
1: yeah. I mean, when I first remember hearing about this duel, you hear about a little bit of history class, I guess. But I always remember that, um, I don't know if you remember it, Peter, that uh, Got Milk commercial.
0: I love that commercial. That com- I, show I, I show it in class every time we do it. The guy's got like
1: the bullet, right? And he's got everything. And then, you know, it, uh, it's like one of those random calls. If you know this answer, you're going to win. You, you won win like a million dollars. Yeah. Like sh- he couldn't say shot- it. That, that was probably one of the first big Got Milk commercials, right? Yes.
0: Yes. Who shot Alexander Hamilton? Burr. Burr. <laughs> and they're like, oh, three,
1: two, one. Oh, we're so sorry. And he's like flipping out. They're like, Got Milk. Because he was eating like... Yeah, he was eating peanut He was eating peanut butter. I thought wasn't it peanut is that butter?
0: What it was? Maybe. Yeah. So, but what's like interesting anyway, there, yes, Well, interesting there is that. So he actually has the two pistols, but the two pistols are actually held in a uh, private collection of um, J.P. Morgan uh, and Chase. Like,
1: if he didn't, I read somewhere that actually that J.P. Morgan Chase can be traced back. That Burr actually created J.P. Morgan and Chase, or he was. I did read it. that somewhere.
0: Um, it, I actually did read that somewhere. And they actually hold in their private collection the... um, The pistols. You know, the real... The pistol. The murder,
1: the murder weapons, basically. The murder weapons. Crazy.
0: So let's talk about this. Let's talk about this uh, this duel. The duel. Uh, I, th- I mean, I guess we... And I think we're also going to get into a little bit about Burr and what happened to him afterwards. Because things really just went downhill for... Aaron Burr, after this. Well, yeah, I mean, he shot
1: somebody, so I don't have any sympathy for the guy, but yeah, I get what you're saying.
0: He also, yeah, but like he also shot somebody while he was the vice president of the United States. United States. Like, yeah,
1: imagine that now. Like the vice <laughs> yeah, president shooting people. And Although, like, oh, well, you know, you know. Isn't that what okay? happened
0: with Bush and Cheney? Didn't Cheney shoot somebody in the face with a shotgun and then like
1: the well, guy hunting, apologized? Though,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, the guy apologized to Cheney for being in his way.
1: For getting in his <laughs> so, way, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was like, what is happening?
1: Little, little different. He wasn't trying to sh- kill anybody, but yeah.
0: Well, that is true. Well, I guess we'll figure out if these guys are trying to kill each other or not.
1: So yeah, to be statue, he used to beat it too. I guess yeah.
0: Right. Um. All right. So Alexander Hamilton. Uh. Just quick background. Obviously, he's a very popular figure today due to the fact that there is this very famous musical, which my son and my and my wife are actually going to see in a couple of weeks. Um.
1: So they're very excited. Well, he's, also, he's on it. the t- he's on the ten dollar bill. Did you just Did
0: you just say that he's on a ten dollar bill? Yes. I heard he's getting off of the $10 bill. Well, he's on it as
1: of today. He is still yeah. on it. Yep. So, yeah.
0: So I'm hearing not, rumors. I'm hearing rumors. So they're not going to take go. him off. The,
1: the, the musical is too popular.
0: <laughs> That's like crazy. How the media. All right. Anyway, let's do this. So, Alexander Hamilton, uh, born in the Caribbean Island. Um We don't really know when he was born. We think it was like 1755 or 1757. What we do know is that he joins the Continental Army in the American Revolution, becomes essentially like george washington's right hand man and like adopted son more or less um, definitely his personal aide 10 years later hamilton serves as the delegate to the constitutional convention he is eventually appointed as the first secretary of treasury under president washington and it was really the founding father of our modern like economic system
1: yeah basically yeah
0: and monetary policy absolutely so this guy is considered by and far one of the most influential founding fathers He's also a, a, a staunch federalist, meaning he believes in a very strong federal government. Um, he kind of looks at remember he's a big
1: he's a big um, he writes most of the federalist papers. Yes, yeah. yeah and he's in, the guy that's in, like,
0: in, we need a constitution. We need a yeah. Well, in, in the Federalist
1: seventy, he in the Federalist seventy he talks about how you need an energetic and strong executive branch. Like he's basically laying the fr- the groundwork for the presidency. Yep. In, the, in, those, in those essays, yeah.
0: Yep. Um, Aaron Burr, uh, born in New Jersey to a wealthy family in 1756. Uh, very gifted. They said he was uh, super smart. Graduated from Princeton at the age of 17. Also joins the Continental Army in 1775 um, and fights during the American Revolutionary War. After, afterwards, he is elected to the New York State Assembly and eventually serves as a state attorney. Um, I think their beef really starts in 1790 when Alexander Hamilton... Uh, his father-in-law runs for U.S. Senate, and this is kind of where Burr defeats Alexander Hamilton's father-in-law. So it's 1790, and that apparently kind of starts this idea of Hamilton not a little necessarily
1: – You say they knew each other. Like I know you talked about in your little lecture series. Yeah. They were they they worked together before. There yeah. there was some other things, and there was a duel actually earlier in this. Like This is something very common, but um, Hamilton actually ch- was going to fight a duel with James Monroe. And it was actually really? Burr. And it was actually Burr who talked them both out of it. They was all scheduled. Burr was Monroe's um, second, like the second person, that's supposed to organize a duel and try to negotiate a, a truce between the two. And he actually did. He negotiated a truce. He said, "Listen, basically you're basically both being childish. Just knock it off." And they're like, "Yeah, okay, fine." So he actually huh. stopped the duel between Monroe and and Hamilton years earlier. And
0: oh, that's that's it actually
1: it. Actually, does happen. He actually is in the duel with Hamilton later on.
0: Right. That's pretty ironic. Yeah, really, um, because and he they, they Hamilton speak. just
1: ruined his political career, right? Yeah, know, we'll get
0: to and that, um, and we'll get to that. And also, what's interesting here is that the two men, basically, they they both settle in New York City. So they are hanging out in the same circles. They're both considered very known statesmen. And at the same time, while I would say Hamilton's more popular than Burr, and Burr also represents more of the Jeffersonian ideas, he represents the second uh, real political party in the united states which is the democratic republicans versus um hamilton's federalists so they're on the other opposite sides of the aisle but they are definitely hanging out of the same parties they are both attorneys like these people know each other so um yeah, it, hamilton essentially gets kind of upset at burr when burr defeats his father-in-law in 1790 for u.s senate uh, but then things kind of really pick up, I think, and it kind of fill in if I, you know, if I'm missing stuff. But um, Burr joins Thomas Jefferson's Democratic Republican presidential ticket um, in 1796, and Hamilton actually at this point officially launches these public attacks against Burr, and he starts talking about the fact that. Um, you know, like Burr's dangerous. He's not the right person to for president. He shouldn't run. Blah blah blah. So on and so forth. And the belief is that it is Hamilton's letters as well as Hamilton's um, outspoken nature against Burr that leads to John Adams winning the presidency. Um, you know, and essentially, kind of, this is the first time where Hamilton stops or blocks Burr's ascendance to the president. Well,
1: and regardless if that's true or not, that's how um, Burr felt yes so you had that there and then we can fast forward i guess a little bit right to the yep. election of 1800 it, it, well that's the biggie yep that's that's the big one where basically it comes down it's a total mess basically right because everyone knows that um adams isn't going to win re-election for the most part yep. right so it's really between jefferson thomas jefferson and burr for the most part yeah and they're both running for president on the um, democratic republican ticket along yep. with jefferson like we said and uh Basically, the Torah College rules at the time gave each elector two votes for president, and the candidate who received the second most votes becomes vice president. Yeah. I don't know how they ever thought this that was gonna yeah, be this a good is idea. So stupid. It's but, like two
0: people going against each other. Like you could have to work with one
1: another you Imagine like, looking back at history, imagine if the two people running for president, one becomes president, one becomes vice president. Yeah. How oh, crazy. No. I just anyway. Yeah. Um anyway. so the Republican, the Democratic Republican Party uh, plan to have 72 of the 73 electors vote for Jefferson and Burr. With the remaining elector voting only for Jefferson, they failed to execute this plan. So Burr and Jefferson were basically tied with 73 votes each. So then according to the Constitution, then the two candidates, if if it was a tie, had to go to the House of Representatives, which at that time was controlled by the Federalists. And they really didn't want to vote for Jefferson. Yeah, They really didn't want to do it. But Hamilton, who had this long rivalry with Jefferson, was also very, very popular amongst the people, like you said, a lot of sway still. All right, stemming from his tenure and being in Washington's cabinet, yep. basically came out and said, "Listen, I don't like Jefferson, but I trust him more than I trust Burr."
0: Yep, he was instrumental, in a sense, in, in turning Congress against Burr and making sure that the election went to Jefferson. There's no question about it. Uh, extremely vocal, he didn't even hide it either. Like he was very vocal about the fact of like, "Nope, you shouldn't give it to Burr. He's not someone that could be trusted."
1: Yeah, he's basically saying, "Listen." I know where Jefferson stands on issues. You can know where Jefferson stands on things. Um, Burr doesn't pick sides. That's what he was basically saying.
0: So Burr becomes vice president. Ultimately, at this 1800, Burr and Hamilton are definitely going against one another here. Burr becomes vice president, but Jefferson is not necessarily excited to have Burr as vice president. These guys actually ran against each other. So he doesn't really support Burr's renomination to a second term in 1804. At that point you have a faction of New York Federalists who kind of see their fortunes drastically diminished after the ascendance of Jefferson, and they are trying to enlist the disgruntled Burr into their party and elect him governor. So now you have Burr running for governor in 1804 of New York, and he's trying to run as, as a Federalist, which is kind of a party of Hamilton and John Adams, so on and so forth. So what starts to happen here is you have... Hamilton of, uh, openly campaigns against Burr to become the governor of New York City. So it's like Hamilton is back again and saying, "No, you should not, you know, in any way, shape, or form, vote for this man." So on and so forth. So because of this, it's at, it's at a dinner
1: party. Right? He says, "Yeah, this, right?
0: yeah." So so Burr, exactly. So Burr actually loses the, Cooper the letters, Federalist nomination. The
1: Cooper letters or whatever.
0: Yep. Um, so the Federalists drop Burr. Like they were about to take him, pick him up, and they're like, uh, "Hamilton's kind of like the grandfather of our party. Like we can't mess with it." So they drop him from the ticket, and he decides he's going to run as an independent for governor. But then in the campaign, Burr's character is again savagely attacked by Hamilton. Right? He's calling him.
1: He's calling him a um, dangerous man. All this other stuff and there, all these things that supposedly Hamilton said.
0: opportunist. You know stuff like that. Yeah,
1: all these things that supposedly Hamilton said are coming out and they're coming out in the papers. Supposedly was at a dinner party, whether it was true or not. Hamilton actually denies a lot of the things he says. Listen, anything I say, I'm basically going to say to your face. And things yeah. like that, and they just keep on getting back on each other, spo- you know, writing letters back to each other. so they're being published,
0: which is funny. Yeah, we're being published
1: in newspaper, and, and Hamilton is, uh, Burr is basically saying, "Listen, man, you're like ruining my career. Like you're ruining my entire yeah. political career." And whether Hamilton was at his intention or not, who knows? But it, that's what was basically happening. And um, because Hamilton was actually supposedly they're saying he was against dueling at the time, because that's how his yeah. eldest son Philip died, th- only three well, years well, earlier. Which is but kind of crazy. Ham-
0: Right. Yeah. This is in the same spot. So,
1: at, so yeah. Well, yeah. Both in Jersey. Right?
0: Yeah. So they're both in Jersey. They're both in Weehawken in the same, more or less the same spot, actually, where you have three years prior. And this, the way that when I was doing research about this is that Philip Hamilton, so Hamilton's son, responded to another attorney that was apparently in some way, shape or form trying to talk smack about his dad, Alexander Hamilton. And the guy's like, you can't say it about my dad. Um, Philip says this and then that kind of leads to a, a duel and Hamilton's very much against this and he tells his son like you shouldn't do this this is wrong and we should mention that dueling is illegal in the United States specifically in uh, New York City as well as well, New York State and New Jersey as well however New Jersey doesn't really prosecute Yeah, it's against the
1: law but it's, the punishments are a lot less severe so they kind of yeah. like they say, which which right, why let's, like, we'll, let's go we'll, to we'll New, meet, New Jersey we'll meet there. but Jefferson actually tells his son just to shoot the shot in the air I mean and Hamilton. Some,
0: I mean Hamilton does. Yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton yeah, does.
1: Hamilton tells his son just shoot the ball, shoot the shot in the air, which is what he does. And then the other guy shoots him and kills him. Yeah, they shoots him in the chest, shoots him in the stomach, and kills him. Yeah. Yep.
0: And uh, ironically, too, is Hamilton Alexander Hamilton uh, gets a a friend of his that's a um, doctor in to try to help save his son Philip after this duel, and it doesn't work. You know, obviously, Philip dies. But it's the same doctor that Hamilton brings with him to um to his duel three years later in the same spot which is which is crazy so yeah it's kind of going back to the idea of what you said Alexander Hamilton is against dueling he officially says like he writes in his diary the morning of like I I think this is just religiously on gods this is wrong like he knows he's got a family like I mean also Alexander Hamilton's daughter who was like 17 at the time of Philip's death apparently lost her mind she had a complete mental breakdown and basically had to, she was like she was barely lucid like she was in a, a mental state for the rest of her life because of the the duel of the younger hamilton which i thought that was kind of interesting hello my name is peter Zablocki, and i'm a historian author and college professor i'm thrilled to invite you to check out evergreen network's history shorts podcast Every Tuesday and Thursday, join me on a journey through time, exploring the little-known and hidden gems of history. In each bite-sized episode, I'll dive into my original research to bring you intriguing historical curiosities you've probably never heard of, uncovering the fascinating stories that have shaped our world, from forgotten figures to overlooked events. And the best part? I've condensed all this historical goodness into manageable chunks, perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle. Whether you're commuting to work or squeezing in a quick break, History Shorts fits into the little time you probably think you don't have. Subscribe now and never miss an episode of the History Shorts podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Sad too. Yeah. Sad. Well, yeah, I was going to say sad. Uh, so usually, it's better than me saying cool. Usually, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But anyway, so so let's put it this way. Burr has enough. Burr's the one that that challenges Hamilton. yeah. And he
1: knows Hamilton's going to have to accept it. Yep. It's just like it's honor at this point. So if he doesn't accept it, it's going to look bad for Hamilton. So they finally agree to do it. Like you said, they agree to go to Weehawken, New Jersey, because it's easier to duel there, right? Yep. And it's a ledge right above the Hudson River. And like you said, it's the same spot basically where um, Phillip had his duel three years prior. Yep. So they both kind of row out there, right? They leave Manhattan. Like they try to keep a it a, a secret. Time. They have to keep it a secret because if it gets, you know, known, they know there's going to be a lot of people there. They're going to get in trouble. Plus, for yeah, it. this
0: is these are super known people.
1: Like, yeah, like these, these are celebrities. celebrities like this, of he's the vice president and one of the founding fathers. Yes, <laughs> like, super known. And, people. and they're they're, they're going to go stand on a ledge and shoot at each other. So it's it's mm-hmm. going to be a spectacle if people find out about it. Yeah, and they leave from separate docks. They get rowed there on a July 11th, 1804. They're rowed at there at 5 a.m. Um, Five, eight, They
0: said that they were rode by four men. Each were rode by four men. So four men with each person. And I think Hamilton, based on what I read, Hamilton's the one that brought the guns because he was challenged. He the,
1: so. Yeah, the, the challenge, the one who's challenged, it gets to bring the gun. Chooses the
0: pistols, right? Yeah. So he, so he
1: brought the pistols and then they were like these, um, they're pistols made for dueling. They were made to, yep. specifically for that, yeah.
0: So Burr right first, they said. Hamilton was like 30 minutes late. They're both accompanied by their seconds. Basically, this this is the crazy thing. Their, their seconds turned their back. Did you read this? No yeah. one actually saw them shoot each other because it- they all the seconds and everyone turned their back to it. So they don't see it. And that's why when this went to court, it was like, well, who fired first? And like, even though there was people there, no one could really say who fired first. Well, so,
1: yeah. And there was all these rumors that supposedly Hamilton was telling people he was going to shoot up first he yep. was yep. he was going to like just shoot a shot away whether he was going to do that or not who knows but then they were saying that there was um burr has was actually practicing shooting weeks prior as soon as this was accepted he was like basically doing target practice in advance of the duel yep. in, um um in the manhattan soho neighborhood because he wanted he wanted to kill hamilton like he was yep. legitimately like that's it and then he also saying, well, wore
0: what he also wore uh, what he thought was going to be a bulletproof vest did you read that he yeah, put that in his um, So he was like memories. pretty he was
1: on he was more prepared. But then they're saying Hamilton, listen, Hamilton was using this um hair like a hairspring trigger on his thing. So it was you like a lot less pressure to shoot the shot off. That he was um why was he wearing his um his glasses if he was if yep. he wasn't trying to get a good shot, a good aim. Yep. But say no, he was putting his glasses on to make sure that he could just shoot away, shoot to the side, if nothing else. So I don't yeah. know. You're never gonna know. You're never gonna know. Never gonna know.
0: Apparently the shot though, when over a bird's shoulder and it, like hit a tree branch right by like past his head, so it was close enough. Apparently, from like the bird's perspective, like he literally felt the the bullet like shoot right past his head. In his defense, but anyway, so these guys are both Revolutionary War heroes. Just so on the same page, like they know how to shoot a pistol.
1: Yeah, no they no probably about. shot it in, since the 1780s though. Well, yeah, but, than, you know, but I they mean, know it's been a while. They're not as young as they once were.
0: True. So anyway, so they st- they both stand there ten paces apart. Hamilton aims his pistol, uh, and then, as you mentioned, kind of briefly before Tom, he tells he tells everyone, "Hold on a second, because he wanted to actually put on his glasses." So he puts on his glasses.
1: And they said that's um, probably more freaked out Burr a little bit more. Like, why is he putting on his glasses if he's just going to shoot away,
0: right? And that was exactly it. And that kind of they said that that for Burr that was almost like a sign that maybe potentially Hamilton was was intended. You know. Yeah, man, if you have these two down. guys, you're taking
1: a big risk if you're just going to shoot away when two guys are like, first of all, I'm not going into any duels. But if I do know the other guys going to be shooting at me, I'm just not I'm not, not just going to waste my shot. Like, if you're going to waste your shot, why don't you just like come up with a negotiation so you don't have this duel to begin with? I don't know. Yeah. The whole idea of the really, honor and stuff like that is just yeah. you know, And we really don't know. We don't know who, exactly. who shot
0: first. We, I mean, we know for a fact that obviously one missed and the other one didn't. I mean, that's – Yeah, we know yeah Hamilton
1: that. misses. Obviously, Bird did not miss. And he shot, he shot Hamilton in the abdomen, right, right by his hip, yeah. fractured his rib, tore through his diaphragm and liver, and it lodged in his spines. Yep. It was like that. I'd say he wasn't recovering from this as soon as it hit him, especially back mm-hmm. in 1804.
0: Absolutely. And just to kind of go back to what I was saying before, it was prearranged for the seconds and everyone else that was there – it was prearranged for them to have their backs turned. And the reason for that is so that way they could testify, because remember, this is illegal, right? So they could both testify that they saw no fire. Like, that's the idea. Yeah. Like, don't look so that way you, you can't can... be witnesses. Yeah, exactly. So this was done on purpose. And because of that, we've really kind of don't know. Joseph Ellis, who I've read numerous books by, and you have as well in college, obviously, Tom, because we were in the same classes. But Joseph Ellis, uh, a very prominent historian about this time period, Based on his research, deduced that Hamilton probably did fire his weapon first. However, he missed Burr. The question is, did he do so intentionally or did he do so by accident? I guess we'll never know. Uh, Hamilton gets hit, falls to the ground, and uh, he knows he's what dead. He know he, he.
1: I mean, he's he's lives for thirty one hours, but yeah. they said he he knows he's not. You know, it's it's a fatal wound. That's it. He's done. Um, So he pretty much, you know, survives. They bring him back to his home. He's surrounded by his family. He dies the next day, July 12th, 1804. And there's a lot of grief, a lot of outpouring of grief, not just from his wife, Eliza. Obviously, that was a big deal. She's going to write a lot of letters and stuff like that. Um, Not letters, like memoirs about him and stuff like that. His legacy was basically secured as like this great founding father. Before all this happened, but it even becomes more now with this story of like, you know, how he dies, right before like the Hamilton play and stuff like that comes out.
0: Did you uh, read the fact that there's evidence that that afternoon Burr was quoted saying that he would have shot Hamilton in the heart had his vision not been
1: impaired by the morning mist? Yeah, I did see that. One. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he didn't regret it when it first happened. Yep. He had no regrets about it. He was like, good, I, I, I shot this guy. You know, like, he was yep. proud of his actions, basically. I mean, even though they had duels, like people didn't always die in the duels back then. Like it wasn't like – it was rare even when um, Hamilton's son, Philip, died. Like you're not really, you weren't really supposed to die in a duel. It was kind of like that was how gentlemen resolved their issues. These were resolved before the duel actually took place. Burrs
0: charged with murder in New York and in New Jersey – Neither charge reached trial, and he's the
1: vice president at the time. We have to, we we can't <laughs> like underscore that. I know, he's the crazy. vice president. He's being charged in double murder. And he's actually saying now there's going to be a competition between New York and New Jersey on who hangs the vice president. Yeah,
0: well, it's thing, so. In Bergen County, New Jersey, the grand jury actually indicted him for murder in November of eighteen o four, but the New Jersey Supreme Court kind of squashed it because he had friends. And, he basically had friends exactly, there. and Burr winds up to uh, Georgia. They said. Um, He stays on this like France plantation. So here's the vice president hiding all the media, like AKA the newspaper. But he had to come back.
1: He had to come back to Washington because he's the vice president. So he couldn't, he couldn't hide out there forever basically. Yeah.
0: He was recalled to DC. Yep. Yeah. So he does, he does come back because he has to. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. He actually presides over like an impeachment
1: trial of of some. Of a Supreme court justice. Yeah. Yeah. And he (laughs) winds up giving a filibuster, which is different at the time. It's a different type of, of what it's for, but he gives a, a um, filibuster at the time too
0: and this is where it becomes obvious that he is his political career is over so what he does is he packs up his things and he decides to move out west
1: to the louisiana territory Oh, people hate him yeah he you, he can't you, he can't really have his showing his face and stuff like that yeah but he's yeah. still looking to be politically active he still wants he's he really thought after this duel he was going to revive his political career look i prove that i'm a good person, and stuff like that. I proved, I I cleared my name, but you know, court, public opinion was like, no, you you kill Alexander Hamilton. No, we don't like you. Yeah, like, that's it.
0: We should also bring up the point that Alexander Hamilton was not universally liked by everyone.
1: No, and he had a lot of scandals, obviously. Yep,
0: yeah. and and I think that this made him a martyr, hundred percent. Like this kind of solidified Alexander Hamilton as one of the greatest founding fathers. But at the time of when he was alive, I mean. Not only was he – his political career was all but, all but over, but he was also kind of a lot of – very much in debt. Um, you had Hamilton – they had to start a trust. They actually started a trust at his
1: funeral for his widow and children.
0: So what does Burr do when he, when he goes out west, which is kind of a crazy story in itself?
1: Well, he really thought – so people who support um, Burr – because I read an article I read that, you know, forget Hamilton. Burr is the real hero. So I was reading this article. But what it's basically is about is that he thought there was going to be a war between US and Mexico, which yep. does happen, but not for another 50 years. Yeah. So he kind of gangs up a bunch of these men and basically he's, he's, they're saying he's trying to buy time in the American South until war break out, in which point he would then lead these men into Spanish controlled territory and then basically, you know, get a bunch of Western holdings, right?
0: And it's, yeah, establish like an independent empire. Almost. And make that's, a lot people,
1: that's what a lot of people are thinking. So Jefferson assumed this. And he actually, in 1806, um, called for Burr's arrest, all yeah. right? For treason, for, which is punishable for treason, by death. Yeah, yeah. And he was actually apprehended in what's present-day Alabama. He was charged with treason and taken to the United States Court of the Fifth Circuit in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, John Marshall actually presided over the case. And they eventually say that the uh, prosecution failed to provide enough evidence to convict Burr. He was acquitted. But then once again, public opinion was totally against him. He's like, "Yeah, I have to leave." So he leaves for um, for Europe for a while. Yeah, he actually goes and lives in Europe until um, eighteen twelve, which is a weird time to come back. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Considering what's it. going on there. Well, he initially, when he starts this whole in eighteen oh five, when he starts this this plot, um, you said, like you said, he's trying to try to get some of Mexican lands. but he was in at the time the West was Louisiana territory, so he's in Louisiana territory and. He's already in there. Kind of, he comes together with this um, U.S. U.S. Army commander James Wilkinson, I think, and they're trying to also take over Louisiana territory even before the whole, you know, Spanish Mexico border trouble. Like this guy has th- this idea of creating a new country of which he would be the leader. I mean, he was always he
1: was always looking about, you know, getting back to power somehow.
0: Crazy, and he writes a letter to Britain, actually offering up his services. The letter eventually comes out like, a couple decades later but it was the, basically explained the whole plot. Like, hey, listen, I'm out here, out west. Like, I could help you guys out. And again, this is before the War of 1812, which we covered on another podcast. He's kind of very much like, I could steal some of these states away from the United States. So treason probably would have been the right call here. Jefferson was not
1: necessarily yeah, they correct. Did, they just didn't have enough to really prove it. Yeah, they, they That's what I that said. There was, was, them, yeah. There was, yeah,
0: they said there was, no, there was no way. They didn't catch him in the act of actually citing an insurrection or doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, he was just talking about it. And therefore, because there was not enough evidence,
1: they basically let him go. So he, he, um, he bases, well, he does right. eventually come back. I just want to get to this. I thought this was kind of a interesting uh, full circle, or whatever you want to call it. Thing was that um, Burr does his first wife passes away, victim of stomach cancer. He yeah. remarries in eighteen uh, thirty three um, with a rich widow, right, Eliza Jumel, and um, basically uh, Jumel accused Burr of committing adultery and trying to liquidate her fortune and sued for a divorce. And she hires Alexander Hamilton Jr. to be her divorce attorney.
0: What? Did
1: you see that? So Alexander no. Hamilton Jr. is actually the, so, you know, so have, today I figure there has to be a concept of, intre, of uh, interest, Top of interest or something witches. like that. Right? Yeah. But they didn't, they didn't do that. So he actually represented his wife, his ex-wife, soon to be ex-wife in the um, divorce appealings. Okay. And, um, Burr actually dies September 14th, 1836, um, the day his divorce was made final. He dies. Wow. So that's just kind of like the end of Alex, um, Aaron Burr. Hmm. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting little like – I know you are going to ask for a fun fact there or something, right? I was so going to go would be for a nice fun fact. Start that off because Alexander Hamilton's son, you, know, you shot his father. Now your son is going to like get you a divorce, you know? <laughs> Raised. And you die because you made the divorce proceedings so difficult.
0: Okay. Okay, cool, cool. It works. All right. I mean, I don't know if I have any other fun facts. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, how fun is this?
1: Well, it's fun facts on even one of the guys, but it was just one of those things. It's something that history is always going to talk about. They're never going to get directly to it. Like, people are going to have their opinions. Both, you know, historians of both sides who argue you know, Hamilton shot first, Burr shot first. It was more Hamilton's fault. It was more Burr's fault. Obviously, with the um, the musical – it portrays Hamilton in a much more positive light throughout it and with the book that came out about him and everything. So he's kind of getting the public opinion right now, and Burr's kind of looked at as the um, the bad guy in all of this, yeah. I would say, right now. But you never know what can happen as the time goes on.
0: Well, the actual play is based off of um, Ron Chernov's, I think. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. Ron Chernov the author book, which which was you know national New York Times bestseller way before it was adopted into the play. But I do think that the play has definitely, like, even my students and I'm sure your students as well.
1: Oh yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they all feel AD like Gov whenever kids. I teach this
0: topic, yeah. they're like, oh, I know everything about it because I
1: saw Hamilton. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it's, like, eh. it, it's like it's. I mean, it's a historically accurate as a musical yeah. is going to be. I guess. I mean, if they're not making. They don't. They take some liberties, I'm sure. I'm sure, as uh, anything does. Indeed, history versus Hollywood. Indeed.
0: Well, anyway, Tom, we did it. Even though you're a little sick and under the weather today, it was cold. I'm sounding today. all right. I'm. I'm sound all right. There. I think you sound all right. Grand scheme of things. All right, guys. So, uh, thank you so much once again for tuning into our podcast. We really appreciate it. And if uh, whatever you guys are listening to this podcast, please feel free to click the subscribe button. It does help. And if you guys ever want to contact us or see what we're up to, you could find us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. I guess that's it. And we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.